morning. <laughs> we doing all right? Yeah? We're going to gradually bring it up? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah? All right. Welcome. How are we this morning? Good? All right. Well, I want to encourage you again for our Financial Peace University. That's a great thing for you to jump into and the freedom that can come through that of just financial management and debt management and all of those different things. And the cool thing is that with, a, with our campus, okay, we're going to have two different places that you can plug into that. But the neat thing is that we have our network of churches right across Kansas City. And so if, there is, if neither one of those dates work for you or those times, we have multiple classes going on also at Shawnee and in Edgerton if you want to drive that far or over in our Raytown campus. And so there's opportunities there for you to tackle debt in your life, okay? And so if you're already living a debt-free uh, life and you are maybe even have taken part of a Financial Peace University or something like that, man, be, I, I want to encourage you just for a minute, like be a champion about this, like tell folks, you know, this is how we're living. These are the things that we've seen through Financial Peace. This is the freedom we've experienced and share those things with the people around you because it is it is freeing. I mean, we, I'll be, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you because we're going to be honest in our conversations that we're having with this stuff. Like, we still have student loans, right? And those student loans, as he said in the video, are like, you're a slave to the lender. Like, they've got us. They get a part of our money every month, right? We dish that out to them, and they still have us. And so it's an opportunity for you to just break that shackle that is on you. And it may take a little bit of time. It may take a little bit of work, and you may have to give up some things that you don't want to give up. But you know what? In the end, it is worth it because you now have that freedom, okay? And so, again, we feel like this is a, a very important thing, so much so that we are committing our next several months to that, and we're committing our series to that, and all of that, because we want to see you, you know, we talk about your 10% a lot, like your tithe to the church, but we also want to let you know we care about your 90% too, okay? And so that's part of why we're walking through this, is so that you're just stewarding that well and have a handle on that, okay? So, uh, as Kristen mentioned, we're walking through this series called On Three, and the idea is that this is a family series, okay? And from the standpoint of a family series, we brought everybody into the room together because we want you to understand that it doesn't matter if you're two years old or you're 200, okay? God has something for you and for your life. But then, as we just talked about, he's made you unique, but there's also this element of, guess what? He has made your family unique, like your family is unique, whether your family is one, two, three, ten, whatever that looks like, he has made your family unique and he has a mission and a purpose for your family. So last week as we started this series, we talked about this idea of creating for you and your family a mission statement, right? Having a mission statement that you lay out for yourself of this is what for us the people's family is going to do right? Like this is what we're going to do. And so I shared with you ours last week and I'm going to share it with you again. All right. And this, this is what we kind of came up with. So the people's family is on mission to love God, love others, and be open and hospitable to each person around us in our church family and in our community. All right. So that was our family mission statement. So we're asking you, we're challenging you, if you will, to do that and then throw on that, throw it on social media right, which is a kind of a step of bravery because you're putting that out there for everybody to see, all your friends and all your family, okay, but then we'd love for you to use this hashtag on three challenge, and the reason for that is this. We want to kind of collaborate all those at the end and kind of show those off, like these are the mission statements of our people, but here's the neat thing about those mission statements. 
they're going to be unique for every family, right? They're going to be different for every family, unless you're just lazy and you copy somebody else's, all right? So, all right, they're going to be unique and different, and that's what God has called your family to and what he's asking you to do, all right? So, as we continue on here, we talk a lot about this idea of mission in church, right? We, we use the word a lot, and we define it. So we define mission. We equip you to be on mission. We attempt to help you to understand and live it out. And like there's nothing new about this idea of being missional. In fact, we look at Jesus' life, and Jesus himself was a missional person. Like he had an intention, and he was missional with everything that he did, okay? But here's where we often talk, or where it kind of gets uh, fuzzy, if you will, is we talk about your unique mission, mission and vision, right, what God has for you, but we don't spend a lot of time on this idea of your family having a mission. And so that's where we're coming from in this series. We want to build on that mission statement to now, hey, God has created you for this. Like, this is what he desires from you as an individual, but you put that together in the context of a family, man, he's got something awesome for you then to do as a family, okay? And again, I want to be clear, it's not whether there's one of you or 10 of you in this family. Like, you don't have to have kids to have a family, you don't have to have a spouse to have a family, but you have this family and you were created to be on mission, okay? So, when we talk about this idea of family, and we kind of talked about this last week. When we talk about family, it's not, there's not an age restriction or an age limit, right? And so that's why we have the kiddos in the room is for them to understand, hey, this is for you as well. Like this is for my son Graham. This is for my son Owen. For them to be a part of this mission that God has put or inserted into our hearts and into our family, okay? Now, have you ever met a family that you look at that family and you go, wow, there's something different about that family, right? When you look at a family and the family has intention or the family has mission or the family has purpose, okay, there's always something there where you look at them and you go, wow, that's neat that they do that. Or maybe you say incredible or maybe you say awesome or maybe you say that's weird, right? But like you're looking at that family and going, yes, they have intention and they have purpose. But here's the thing. When we tag in or add in Jesus to that mission, someone looks at your family and goes, wow, that family is intentional. But that family is not only intentional, they're intentional for Jesus and for the gospel and the sharing of the good news. Okay. And so that's kind of what we want to develop and what we want to talk about as we look at family. So when we look at Jesus, Jesus being our example of mission, as he always kind of should be, right? When we look at Jesus, how did he kind of define family or how did he do this thing of family on mission? Because it's, here's the deal. It's not just something he said, right? He didn't just go, well, you know, I'm going to be a missional person. No, he went out and he lived it, right? Jesus lived mission. He did mission and he engaged folks in those ways. And so we listen to what he says, right? We listen, hopefully, to his word and what he's asking us to do, but ultimately, we need to do what he's asking us to do. So we need to imitate the things that Jesus was doing. So how did Jesus define family? All right, that's the first question we're going to kind of tackle this morning, all right? How did Jesus define family? Because when he was asked about his family, he kind of rocked the socks off of some of the people when he was asked. Like, 
hey, what do you think about family? So we're going to be, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to be in Mark chapter 3, and we're going to be in verse 31 here for a few minutes, okay? Because when he's approached and he's asked about family, he not only talks about his immediate family, but then he expands his view. And so this morning when I say, you may be an individual, but you have family, guess what family you're a part of? You're a part of the family of God, but you're also a part of this church family right here that God has put together and intimately woven together, okay? So in Mark chapter 3, verse 31, let me set you a little bit of context here. So Jesus has started his ministry. He has called his 12 disciples to follow him. He's starting to teach and starting to preach, and some people are going, that's weird. Like, what are you doing? That's weird. And so they're starting to kind of have a little bit of tension and a little bit of questioning. And so his family catches word that Jesus is going out and beginning to teach. So imagine for a moment, if you were Jesus's brother, right? Or if you have a brother or sister, and that brother and sister goes out and just starts proclaiming that they are the Messiah, right? Like, how would you handle that? And that's what's happening here. Jesus has gone, and he is now proclaiming, I am the Messiah, and his family's going... Oh, okay. But then not only his family, but the people in the city are going, uh, this guy's saying he's the Messiah. And then it gets back to his family, Jesus' family, that he has made these claims. Okay? So let's look at Matthew 3, verse 31. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, look, your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. But look how he replies. He replied to them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who were sitting in a circle around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. And whoever does the will of God is also my brother and my sister and my mother. Now again, put yourself in this context for a moment, all right? You're the mother, brother, sister of Jesus. You walk up, this house is loaded with people. You can't even get in, so you send this message into Jesus. Hey, your family's here. And the message that he sends back out to them is, you're not my family, I've got a new family. An expanded family, if you will. I have a greater purpose than just my singular family. I have this global purpose that I'm going to use the family of God to do something with, right? And so I can see mom going, I think we need to, we need to talk about this, right? But there's this moment where he completely redefines in a few short statements what family will look like. So as we keep going, what does family look like? When we talk about the family of God, where do you begin and then how do you move into the family, all right? So the first place, when we look at Jesus' life and the people that he had around him, they start as friends, right? They start as friends. The people around him start as friends. And then, as he's getting to know them, right, he's spending time with them, he's eating with them, he's doing life with them, and they're happy to serve when they can, and they're always trying to offer something to him to assist him. But here's the thing. You can't build a family on this idea of being friends. Like a family has a deeper, intimate relationship than just friends. Like you won't build a family just always going to eat. Well, some families do. But you're not going to be able to build a family by just hanging out. You've got to go 
deeper. And so the next step that we see in the family here is they move from friends to followers. Right? They move to followers. And here's what Jesus has to do. He ultimately has to lay down this line and say, okay, come and follow me. Right? Like that's the words he uses. Come and follow me. And then they have to make a decision. All right, am I going to come and follow or am I just going to be a friend of Jesus? Which one am I going to do? Am I going to be a friend or a follower of Jesus? And so many do. Many become followers of Jesus, but some don't. And some even begin to make excuses of why they can't when he asks this question. Hey, come and follow me. Well, you know, I've got to go bury my dad. Or I've got to go say bye to my family before I come and follow you. They, they put excuses in the way. But here's the thing, okay? They've now transitioned from friends to now followers. But then there's this group of individuals that go even deeper and they truly become Jesus' family. As an individual, now think about this for a moment. As a single individual, Jesus builds this family that has now grown into the family that is what the church is today, as a single individual. Not as a married individual, but as a single individual. And he builds this family around him with people that he wasn't even related to. Dax is about to play the drums. All right? And so he builds this family. And so here's what we've got, okay? There it is. Told you. So in each of those categories, here's what happens, all right? Here's what a friend is in the family of God. A friend is those who serve Jesus when they can under the right conditions. A follower is one who submits their skills and their resources to have Jesus transform them. And then a family member are those who surrender completely, laying down their agenda fully for the agenda of Jesus. And so those intimate, close relationships that he has with them. So what does that look like for us, real quick, as we build a family on mission, okay? And what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you a, a, a quick tool that we use in our discipleship, and it's a, it's a shape. Most of the tools that we have in our discipleship are, and this is a triangle, okay? And it's called the up, in, and out triangle, and so there it is, okay? So the up is pointing up, the in is pointing to the right, and the out is pointing to the left. So when we look at Jesus in his life, we see each of these elements are in his life. Okay, so the first one is up, and that's his upward relationship with the Father. Jesus had this intimate relationship with the Father, and the Father was who he went to for him to lead him. In other words, the Father led Jesus, and we kind of talked about that last week, right? Like he let the Father lead him in the direction that he was going to go. And so he was known for spending a lot of time in prayer, right? And going to the synagogues and teaching about the Father, but also he had a rich relationship with the Father. So that's the up. But then the next step is the in, okay? And Jesus was also focused inward. He was focused to the people around him and the folks that he broke bread with and spent time with. And he went into homes and he sat with folks because he wanted to build his relationship with them. But then he was also outward, Okay, And so this piece is definitely the piece that defined Jesus' ministry. He was always focused on the people around him. He's made statements like this. I'm here to seek and save the lost, and I'm here to do the will of the Father who has sent me. And so it defined who he was and the direction that he was going to go. 
Now, when we look at this concept and this idea in our family, okay, and the family standpoint, again, whether one, two, or ten, right, here's some things that we want to match up with this, all right? So pop that next slide up there. So here we have now the up, okay? Jesus looking to the Father, having a spiritual parent, one that's going to grow him. So in the family on mission, there needs to be a spiritual parent. So if it's in the context of a family of four, like for instance, our family, there needs to be a spiritual leader and parent of the family. If you're a family of one, you need someone who's pouring into your life as a spiritual parent and spiritual leader, right? And if not, if you don't have that person, guess what? God can be that person until you fill that spot. But you have this spiritual parent. The next thing is on the end, you have predictable patterns. Jesus had predictable patterns in his end. Some of those ideas that we can even take for ourselves today. Had regular meals together with folks. Teachings and moments of growth. He had times of retreat and rest. And he had routines of worship and personal prayer. You see, healthy spiritual families... Healthy spiritual individuals have these things, predictable patterns in their life that are bringing them towards growth in Christ. And we see that same predictable pattern come along in the church in Acts. The church in Acts has these same patterns. Look here in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, or 41, excuse me. So those who accepted his message were baptized, the message being Jesus. And that day about 3,000 people, or excuse me, Paul, uh, 3,000 were added to them. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. You see, they had predictable patterns within the church that brought growth in their lives. In the same way, a family on mission has those predictable patterns. All right? The last one is this. A family has missional purpose, has an out, has something that you are doing to share and spread the gospel of Jesus. All right? So last week, you wrote out your mission statements. If you haven't yet, I want to encourage you this week, make some time to do that, to write out a missional statement so that it sets the intentionality for your family, for your family to then begin to be on mission. So look at this. If you walk that backwards, okay, your missional purpose comes out of your predictable patterns based on your relationship with the Father and your growth in Him. Okay, so we use that triangle as a mirror, basically, to look at our life and say, okay, this is where we need to grow, and this is where we need to build. So, on your way out this morning, here's what we've got, okay? On the back table back there, there's some little triangles, and I apologize, apologize, they're tiny. I thought they were going to be bigger, and they're not, okay, but they're tiny, so they're going to be something that you're going to have to keep up with, all right? But we want you to take one of those as a family, all right? And put it somewhere, maybe on your dining room table or somewhere so that you can begin to think, okay, what does that look like for our family in our up and our in and our outs? And how can we continue to grow our spiritual family or our family on mission? Okay? So if you haven't done it yet, you've got two homeworks, really. You've got your mission statement, all right? And then you've got walking through that up and and out. How are we doing that? What are our predictable patterns in our family that we can use to engage and relate to folks around us? All right? Sound good?
okay? And then next week, we're going to kind of break these down, and we're going to begin to look at, okay, what does a spiritual parent really look like? Because we have this ultimate example of a spiritual parent that has a perfect picture for us to follow, okay? Sound good? Yeah? All right. Well, let me pray for us, and we'll continue on in worship together, okay? So, Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you have given us just a great example of how to live on mission. Lord, we thank you for your missional heart and how you engaged those around you and how you loved on those around you. And Father, I just pray for each and every person in this room individually, but also as a family. So whether they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, however many people are in their family, Lord, know that they are a larger piece to what you have for us. And Lord, each family, you have a unique mission and a unique purpose that you have brought together in this beautiful body right here of this church. And so, Lord, we thank you for the giftings that you have given each of us. We thank you for uh, just the things that you show us in the community that you're growing here. And Lord, we pray that we will use that for our missional purpose as a family. And Lord, may we just be a perfect and great example of you and our love that we show to those around us. And Lord, may you just uh, show us clearly our mission and our purpose and the things that you have for us as a family and how we can use those predictable patterns, Lord, to engage the folks around us. And so we praise you and thank you for your word and how it speaks to us. And we thank you for this time together in your son's name. Amen.